0: Welcome to Tailboard Talk, a 4th Shift FitCast. The mission of Tailboard Talk and the 4th Shift Fitness is to educate and train fire service personnel to increase durability and decrease the potential for injuries and their associated costs. My name is Chris Morella, owner and founder of 4th Shift Fitness. I'll use my experience as a personal trainer, strength coach, and 15-year veteran of the fire service to deliver tips, tricks, lessons, and information specifically geared towards the health and wellness of firefighters and paramedics. Each episode you'll leave with immediate deliverables that will improve performance and resilience and keep you in the fight through your career and into retirement. Let's get into it. Uh, yeah. I actually didn't put it until this morning. I was like, I gotta I get to, to live like, dangerously. Go get that stupid card. That's <laughs> in the laptop and that's in my backpack. I looked at the, the slot
1: in my laptop and I'm like, Maybe I should take this thing out and I'm like, nah, he's gone.
0: <laughs> he did a story on it yesterday it's in there already I even found a different one no it was not <laughs> I guarantee it wasn't um, the, so something else happened recently where I annoyed myself so I wanted to play the two things one's the last time you annoyed yourself and then one's the last time you were so annoyed by someone else that you actually reacted verbally to it like out loud and then I did the so that story is me in my car yelling at someone mm-hmm. um, but nothing's more it was an annoying situation I think yesterday too where I unlocked my car from the house, and then I picked up my keys and pushed the button again after I grabbed Nathan's stuff or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, like, how many times are you going to unlock this car? And then I went, and I, I did the thing where, like, you pull on the handle, and it's still locked, and mm-hmm. so it just snaps back, yeah. and then you, like, clap your, <laughs> like snap your hand. Yep. And I was like, you suck, dude. <laughs> like, and I had arms full of stuff. and like, digging for my keys that are in my, my little sweatshirt pocket. Mm-hmm. So that was annoying. Um, and then I don't remember well, when Katie went out of town, they were monsters. They were freak shows. That was when I posted the story of him like both screaming yeah. and I was sitting at the kitchen table cause nothing was working. So I put him in the car like eight fifteen in the morning and I'm like, we're going to get donuts and drive around so you guys fall asleep. So we went to country donuts, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, Sawyer passed out really quickly. Nathan was still like, just, j- just jabbering. But anytime we'd stop the car, he would ramp back up into like not happy time. So I pull up and there's a line of cars and it moves pretty quick. And the car in front of us is a a minivan and I can see that there's car seats in the back. Right. And I roll down my window and she says, I want two dozen assorted donuts. I said, good, this will go quick. Mm -hmm. And then the person at the, the waitress or whatever, (laughs) at the donut store, Uh, order taker (laughs) (laughs) said, uh, okay, do you want, do you want me to pick them, or do you want to pick them? And she said, no, I'll pick them. And I went, this is going to be. So now I'm annoyed, right? Mm-hmm. And my window's open. I'm like, come on. And uh, <laughs> far enough back, she wouldn't hear me. And then something happened that I had to roll my window up because the first two she ordered. Now, this, the, the donuts she ordered are going to annoy you, but what happened annoyed me. Where I went two, right, four Long Johns. I went two vanilla and two chocolate. And then the order taker said, do you want sprinkles? And she said, it doesn't matter. Mm. And I yelled, then nothing matters. Yeah. <laughs> like, then <laughs> yeah. let her pick all of them. <laughs> like, yeah. Listen, if you made it this far uh-huh. and you care enough to pick them out, and then you pick them out, and then there's another decision to make on top of that, and that doesn't matter, then nothing matters. Yeah. Just throw them out the window.
1: If step you're going to pick them, them you out, them. you got to say everything all at once. Oh,
0: and so I'm sitting here, and Nathan's like ramping up, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know the window <laughs> This lady is going to, we were there for way too long, but I was from zero to a hundred so angry. <laughs> <I was>
1: like, <laughs> Seems like you had something else building up to that, huh? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my God. And then I was like, no, maybe she's got picky kids in the back. Maybe she's going, she's ordering two dozen donuts. She's going to a party or something like that. But I was like, if you're going to get specific enough to order two chocolate and two vanilla Long John's, you better be, you better care enough if I'm behind you in line to care if they have sprinkles or not. hmm and then we we eventually. Especially got if
1: that's first off the, uh, that's first on the on the list. It's number you know? one. If you're getting to like donut twenty three or twenty four, <laughs> then fine. Give me that. Ah, it doesn't matter. But if that's what you're leading off with, like, yeah, be ready to go.
0: Well, and then I'm I'm pretty sure because I I rolled down the window again and I'm pretty sure I heard her say like, now what do I have? Or like, can you kind of? <laughs> I was like, oh my god. I'm, like, I'm gonna put Nathan in your car you he's <laughs> face <laughs> between your ears. That's oh it. So that was uh, an adventure, but. So what, what can – has that happened to you recently?
1: Uh, I'm trying to think. Sid did something, and I felt bad because I'm like, hey, Sid, I need you to just shut up for a little bit. And then, like, I'm like, ah, I'm sorry, baby. I didn't mean to say that, but yeah. I can't remember what it was, though. That, I know that I yell at my dog more than I should and more than she understands. But I think th- actually this morning we were going out to throw, uh, like, one of her toys out in the field. And she gets amped up when we go out there. So she's like pulling and sliding on the ice and stuff. Yeah. And so then I'm like yelling at her like an idiot in the middle of the street, like, <laughs> Stop pulling, stop, stop. You? you know? And I'm like, dog doesn't know. She just wants to go <laughs> pee in the street and mm-hmm. chase this toy around.
0: <laughs> like, maybe I should speed up now they look at it. Yeah, dude. I do the I the only time I feel bad yelling at Nathan is when I can recognize that my yelling at Nathan sounds like when I used to yell at the dogs. Mm. I'm like, oh, God jeez. <laughs> there's gotta be a little bit of separation here between like... Like, hey, knock it off. Yep.
1: <laughs> I wish I could remember what I what I yelled at Sid for, but I can't remember it.
0: Yeah, it'll come up. Yep. It'll come up. Um, so I sent you this article a couple days ago. And like I said, I went down the rabbit hole. I watched several documentaries on this uh person so far, but I've also watched too many other documentaries, so I lost my train of thought. But basically, this fitness influencer is getting sued by the state of Texas for allegedly misleading clients with eating disorders. Now, that's a catchy headline, but it seems like it's true. Um, and this is old. This all happened in 2019, but she's just getting charges brought against her now. Essentially, what she did was sell people what she called personalized um, fitness and eating plans, and then none of them were personalized. She just sent the same thing to everybody, so much so that like people would send in their contact email and say, hey, I'm, I have a terrible eating disorder, and I want to harm myself, and I think I need to get back on track. And her canned response was like, welcome to the family. That sounds awesome. I can't wait to work with you. And yeah. like fist bump emoji. It exactly <laughs> was. And then they went back, and um, all of her, so that she was charging for personalized workouts, coach access, and, um, and then two or three friends would get referred, so they'd all be together in a group, and they'd all get the same text like it would just like you got this girl great job Mm -hmm. like all within a minute of each other when none of them were doing anything yeah and uh and so with that there were people with eating disorders that got that got very strict and and uh cookie cutter meal plans and made their eating disorder worse there were people that um bought like a 300 hundred dollar package for three months and then didn't get anything at all and long story short she stole everyone's money and bought a big house and now she's a she disappeared for a while uh ordered a <laughs> <laughs> issued a uh, a very strange and uh kind of twisted apology where she blamed everybody for for feeling like they were scammed by her and then now she came back as a ultra conservative christian influencer mm-hmm. uh now she's making a rip-roaring comeback selling self-led spiritual weekend getaways for like Way too much money. Yeah. So she's still running the uh the subscription game the kind scam of scam
1: that uh, you can't measure, huh? It's...
0: Nope, you can't. Yeah. There's no, <laughs> no there's progress no certification there, for being yeah. a Christian, mm-hmm. and uh especially not for helping someone find spirituality. It's a tough one to measure. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to go over that because, um, not not to necessarily just crap all over this chick because I think she deserves it, but this is an old story. She's just getting charged now, and if you go on YouTube and look up her name, there's no shortage of people just Ripping her apart. Sure. And uh, I mean, I watched two documentaries, two YouTube 30 minute documentaries on her, and she's just a mess. But um, we both do online training. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was pretty pertinent because I think we're good at it. But there's a million not good at it people or just fake people out there. And I think we have some pretty good insight to tell people what to look out for or protective measures. And then, uh, um, I actually saved a post from John Rusin because he put up what you should be paying for online Mm -hmm. training. And it, even, I think it's in general like high. Yeah. But then if you look at what you can get from a coach, I think it's, you start to understand it better. Yeah. Um, But we're definitely conditioned as trainers not to charge very much money, which different conversation altogether. But what sticks out to you when you see someone like an influencer or someone selling programs, like what's a red flag that you pick up on pretty quickly?
1: Um, if there's any like short term time frame on it, that's usually a pretty good red flag. You know, if yeah. someone tells you in six weeks, uh, you know, or six or eight weeks that there's going to be a huge change, mm-hmm. um, chances are you're not getting, um, you know, a, a solid program at that point, you're probably getting one that, you know, it's going to get your heart rate up or make you work hard or whatever. But, uh, it's just, there's not enough time to change in, in that short period of time, you know? And, uh, they're probably just preying on the fact that most people aren't going to follow through on a remote training program anyways. And if they price it the right way, you know, uh, either somebody's going to be shamed into like, I didn't follow the program enough. So like, I'm not going to call and try and get a refund for it or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And if it's a cookie cutter one, then, you know, there's no time investment into that. I sent you the sheet with the videos that have already been filmed and everything, and the program's already laid out. So would that take me, you know, 10 minutes to do? And if you're going to pay me Seventy dollars for that, like you're not coming back to me after six weeks for seventy dollars, most right. likely, you know. And uh, but that's just not enough time to to actually see any standing change. So that's usually a pretty big red flag for me. There should be some sort of interview process in the beginning too. If you're just going to buy a program, um, that's what you're going to get. You know, it's like I don't know that you'd go buy a used car without trying to learn more about the car you know it's like if you're gonna and and if that's what you want is just buy something to follow then by all means do it but if you're looking for any sort of accountability or any sort of uh interaction or engagement like there has to be an interview process in the beginning of nothing else and the interview can be as short as what are you what are you looking for (laughs) you know how many times a week do you want to do it you know there has to be some sort of like questions asked of you to set up the program. And if that's not, if that's not there, then that's a pretty big red flag that you're going to get sold. Uh, you know, something that somebody else has probably gotten sold as well.
0: Well, that's what ultimately what got this chick in trouble was, um, she was preaching individualized stuff and preaching access to her. And then it was just, it wasn't there. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I doubt there was any kind of discovery call or anything like that, but that's, it's in the second part of this, like protective measures. I have that written down. Is there a discovery call? Um, cause there's just no way, there's no way you can issue someone a plan for anything without knowing, like you said, at least what they're looking for. At least me, what they're trying yeah. To do. I need
1: to know why you're getting a hold of me. Like yeah. what equipment you have, how many times a week we're doing this. Like, you know, uh, there, there just has to be more, e- even from the trainer side, they, they need investigation of like, what am I working with here? You know, right. it's like, what's your injury history? Like, you know,
0: well, that, I think that's, that lends to a quality trainer, too, because I I want to know that stuff for two reasons. First of all, I don't want to make anything worse, right. right? But second of all, if I don't ask those questions and you have an injury that I didn't, you might know your knee hurts all the time, mm-hmm. and that's just part of your life. But if I don't ask you that and you don't tell me that because you're just used to it, and then you get hurt, now I could be in trouble, right? right? Uh, at the very least, you're going to quit and probably trash talk me because i did a I made you do something that right. you shouldn't have been doing
1: well on our side of the fence too it's like if we if you don't if i don't find out that that you have a knee issue and then we do you know a lot of squat based stuff and your knee hurts you're not going to sign back up with me again right. so it, you know behooves me to find that out so that i can keep the relationship going on my end as well
0: yeah i think on the far end of that there's always the potential for a, a lawsuit or a an appeal to nsca or something there's mm-hmm. there's there's lengths that people can go to because they're angry. Right. Um, Even though it's probably a falling down on both parts for information-wise. I think when you said the six-day week thing, I mean, that's uh, the first thing that comes to mind when I see anything of a program less than 12 weeks is that it's just going to be a volume-based, just burn the world down, get your heart rate up, and probably very excessive. If it comes with any kind of meal plan, the meal plan is going to be Uh, extremely limiting because these things are usually marketed like beach body stuff or um, wedding stuff or some big event in your life. They're Mm going to try to tie some big event in your life to your fitness and you want to look good for that event. So uh, they'll even say like be in the best shape of your life for your wedding. And Mm -hmm. we can do that in eight weeks, you know, and you might get noticeably thinner in eight weeks. Uh, but it's not going to be sustainable and it, it's just going to be from pounding your face into the, the wall just a million times yep. and you may even come out of there injured or worse off uh, than when you went in so yeah that that short-term thing is definitely definitely something what about uh what about like their instagram or their their facebook pages if you look at those can you pick someone out pretty quick and
1: I think that I can. Some of the nuances are is like if you have somebody following around filming your workouts, chances are you're going to be a little bit more on the influencer side. Yeah. Um, if most of the stuff is you being, and, and certainly there's trainers, you know, and John Rusin's one of them, of like a lot of his stuff that's filmed is him doing it, but he's always got a workout buddy in there yeah. too that's doing stuff with him. But if if, if I see a lot more client profile, um, I probably am believing them in a little bit more because they're doing it in real life too, yeah. you know? Now I know that there are some people that are exclusive to, you know, online training, and obviously they're not going to have a stable of clients. But um, that would be the first place that I probably look. Is if if it looks like somebody's following somebody around with a phone, yeah. you know, um, there's always the catchwords too. You know, if it's you know booty workout and all that stuff, you know what what people want to hear. You right. know, it's that's usually a red flag for me as well.
0: Yeah, I have the same ones. I, I even go a step further with their their page or their wall of like, if they have very few work, if they have very few images or videos or whatever of them working out at all, and it's all just body stuff, Mm -hmm. right? So like this, this girl in Texas, um, obviously her page is totally different now, but for what it looked like from the stories was it was all just swimsuit pics and all just staged, um, professional gym pictures or something like that. right? very little actual demonstration of anything and very little actual working out. Mm-hmm. It was all just one big show, yeah. right? Just one big advertisement poster. And, uh, you know, we've talked about it before. There's there's people that look amazing, and then you see them train, and you're like, how are you still walking? Like how, yeah. how, how are you walking and how are people paying you mm-hmm. to teach them how to work out, you know? And then you see other people. I remember um, a long time ago, maybe when I first started LGN, I just thought of this there was a trainer at uh, a local gym or like an exporter or something like that. And he was a, a bigger fella. And I was like, man, I don't know. That guy's that guy looks like he's in terrible shape. And mm-hmm. I feel like there should be a little bit of a, a physical standard maybe. You know, this was, I mean, 10, 15 years ago, Chris. And you were actually like, oh, I know that guy. He had a terrible car accident or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And he's actually a phenomenal trainer. Mm-hmm. But he just, you know, he struggles with his disabilities. And, yeah. Um I think, I think uh, I don't. I don't think it's a severely consistent thought. But if you're if you're worried about a trainer who is over the age of that's gonna be kind of a broad generalization. Uh, same word twice. If you're worried about a trainer who's over forty, and they have a terrible social media, they're they're probably an okay trainer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you have a trainer that's in their twenties and they have a fantastic social media, there might be a terrible trainer. Mm-hmm. Like most of the the older guys we know, I guess we're older soon, um, really good trainers, terrible social media, terrible at selling themselves, mm-hmm. uh, very little content that you can even follow or yeah. make out. But if you go train with them in person or see what they do, you're like, oh, you're really good at this. Yeah. Because you, your focus is on training people, not mm-hmm. putting up cool pictures on Instagram, you know?
1: Yeah. I think another thing, this is more subtle and harder to find probably, and I'm, I might be off on this, but I feel like if you post a workout that looks excessive And, um, just looks really high volume, you know, 20, 20, 20, 20 of something five rounds through, um, that's more of a red flag to me than people who are posting here's like two hip mobility exercises and something else to do. Cause that, that other side of shows me like they're part of a complete program and they're not just concerned with, you know, sweat angels on the floor and stuff like that. And, and I could be wrong on that, but. I would I would bet more often than not, more influencer side of things are going to be here's this ridiculous workout, whereas more coaches are going to be like, here's some movements that can help you. If you want more of these movements, I can help you. you Yeah.
0: I would no, I think that's a extremely valid thought. I mean, even the the biggest name in that ridiculous front, Joel Seedman, says that he does regular stuff eighty percent of the time. Yeah. And the twenty percent is the goofy stuff that Mm -hmm people want to pick apart and argue with him. About. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. And
1: even if you look at him, he's not posting workouts. You know, he's just posting circus tricks for the most part. It's, yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. And so, yeah, by his account, that's a very small portion of what he does, but he admits, like, the other stuff's boring. Mm-hmm. So why put that up if right. I want to sell as much stuff as I can? And
1: that's the thing is you can't differentiate yourself when you're posting a goblet squat and 40 other people are, you know? Right.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of... uh that's a hard one to stick to, though. I mean, because you, you see, my basically what I post is uh, solo stuff in the basement. It's either demo videos or just short workouts, mm-hmm. and it's all just fundamental stuff, you know. Right. But that's a tough one to stick to because, um, I know there's a, a faster way to like gain popularity or sell more stuff, but that also depends on who you want to attract at the same time. The problem you know? with that, though, is that.
1: You know coaches I don't think are looking to gain a ton of volume popularity because there's just not enough time for us to do to to um service clients, yeah the way that we think that we should because you know a lot goes into it you know and i i you're on trainer eyes right no um uh true coach. true coach, yeah, you know, and even now like I've been using train heroic for. Five, four or five years now. And like, I'm pretty fluent with it now. But if I'm going to build a program for somebody to start, you know, each workout probably takes 20 minutes to, you know, sift through and put together times however many a week, times however many for the cycle that I'm building. Yeah. You know, so it's like, there's just not enough hours in the day to bring on 50
0: people to do that, you know? Yeah. And that's, uh, so there are, there's a few companies that i follow on instagram that do that Mm -hmm. but they are in it like they posted a job posting one time and it was uh it said clearly on there like if you don't have have time to train i can't it was upwards of 30 people but if you can't devote like 8 to 10 hours a day to give to these 30 people Mm -hmm. then don't apply like we're not doing fly by night stuff and it's going to take you eight to ten hours a day to sit -hmm. there and figure out 30 people's worth of needs you know right and uh they called it a full-time position it wasn't like a part-time trainer thing like they wanted and i I don't know how many coaches they have but they have an enormous pool of clients but yeah all of them are getting right exactly what they should i mean i felt my my personal training numbers have gone up and down through the digital space right now i think i have eight and uh it's almost a relief when one person's like hey i need a month off right Mm -hmm. you know i i passed my cpat so i'm good you know yeah i'm like uh no, don't go. Like, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I, I, sweet. Do, like. I do feel like I play catch
1: up a lot, you know, if like I'll get even this morning I got an email from a guy who was like, Need more workouts and I'm like, God, you know, I just mm-hmm. he just happened to finish them, you know, a couple of days ago and I hadn't had a chance to get on and see where yeah. everyone was at, you know.
0: Well and it's nice too. It's nice gaining clients, but then yeah, the startup for that is is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um I think I think if I got to ten clients I'd I would stay there for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: See, and that's where you get to, you know, going back to John nurson's pricing is like when you start expanding everything that goes into it, it's like, yeah, sure. I'm making you hour long workouts, but if it takes me 20 minutes to do, you know, times 12 workouts that I'm going to build in the beginning for you, that's four hours of work plus yeah. our interview time, plus any time that I'm spending with you, uh, you know, going back and forth on stuff. Plus as I'm amending workouts as we go, you know, now I've got eight, 10 hours into a you know, a program, and then when you look at the value of what going in for a personal training session is between, you know, oh, yeah. 50 and $80 an hour, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you can understand why something like that is, you know, $150, $200 bucks a month, because yeah. there's, t- there's more time than just the workout, you know?
0: Well, there's another facet to it, too, is like both of us film our own movements. Right. And yeah. I'm reusing those movements, you know, often, mm-hmm. but there was... One time, one time or one person where I needed that movement. So now I'm okay. going to create it. Right. And, uh, it's not, that's, I wouldn't say it's fair to be like, well, everybody's going to pay because I had to spend 20 minutes doing a, a split squat. Mm-hmm. That's not the, that's not the point of it. The point is, uh, I'm going to build in enough of a price tag where if you, if you reach out to me and tell me like, I want this version of a split squat, then I don't feel like a, a fool going down to the basement for 20 minutes and right. putting it together. So I'm going to pull up, let me pull up John Russen's thing real quick. So. This was back in December, so right before the New Year's, maybe trying to tell people to increase their prices for the new year. He's got five tiers here, and tier five is the fake ass IG trainer, and that's between five and fifty dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Two is the fitness hobbyist, and that's between fifty and one fifty a month. So that's where I fall, is one fifty, right on the top edge of that. One fifty is where I would put like a good coach. In our area in our area right yeah tier three is the newbie trainer, so low experience, maybe a lot of information that's two hundred to three fifty a month I mean to me that would be like expert level coach yeah. in our area I think it just fits kind of what our demographic is uh tier two tier two is a quality coach that's four to six hundred a month and then tier one is elite expert coach seven to nine hundred dollars a month yeah and I think there's places where this probably stands pretty true.
1: Yeah, I think he's a Madison guy though, so I'm sure it's inflated just a little bit being up there. But
0: And I, I was actually thinking like the California area yeah. where everything's expensive or mm-hmm. any big city like right. Probably in the city, Chicago or New York or LA or something like that. Yeah. I bet you could pull these prices. Yeah,
1: if you're in a major metro area at a at a high profile facility, yeah, then I'm sure you're commanding that. But like independent Kurt and Chris. That's a tough one, tougher
0: one to command, you know. It is, it is, especially considering the cheap firemen that I work with. So here's what Ben Bruno posted today. His client Phil Rosenthal, who he always kind of makes fun of, yeah, sent him an article. It says lifting weights for just three seconds a day can improve muscle strength. And then he said, "What do you think?" And Ben Bruno's response was, "Great, this can be our new workout. Same price." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they <Let me> screenshot, <laughs> screenshot that and sent it. So fits pretty well into what we're talking about. Yeah. So. Another point I have here is the price versus what they offer. And I wrote in there specifically transformation because that's a, I think that's a huge hook for people like a body transformation thing. Mm-hmm. But those are usually the like 65 to $85 things. Like you're going to do a six week body transformation. Right. And when I think that word has been kind of diluted to where it's just like a flash word or buzzword we use. But when you actually look at it, like what what can you possibly transform in the world a bathroom or your car or anything for sixty-five to eighty-five dollars. Right. Let alone you, who's been building this disaster of a machine for forty-ish right. years, right? Yeah. <laughs> like what? Oh, I'm just going to turn this all around for sixty-five bucks. Yep. You know, it's just so unrealistic. But their words grab you, and you're like, "Oh, mm-hmm. I'd like to transform." Right. A couple of inches off, you know, and and uh, it's just nuts. So that's a huge red flag for me is what they're advertising versus what they are going to charge you to do this. This. Completely revolutionary transformation on you. Then I have just content and buzzwords. We kind of talked about that. Um, And then protection measures, what we didn't talk about is, is there a cancellation or refund policy? That's where this uh, lady in Texas got in trouble too was people started complaining. It quickly came out that everyone had the same program. There was no personalization. She wasn't interacting with anyone. They started a Facebook group, and within like a day, it had like 2,000 or 3,000 people in it all claiming fraud. What she got in trouble for, what caused the most uproar was that she gave either no or she gave like partial refunds. Mm-hmm. So people would say like, yeah, I paid her $300. She gave me $12 back. Yeah. That made them more mad if they got no money at all. Yeah. And I was thinking like, before you're going into something, whatever it is, an experience or buying something, you might look at a price tag and be like, you know, I'm going to buy this whatever. And if it doesn't work, it's 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. What's the big deal? You right. know. And if you go through it and it doesn't work, you're like, damn, I wasted fifty bucks, you mm-hmm. know. But if you feel like you got cheated, like you'll spend a thousand dollars to get that fifty dollars back. Yeah. Like, you will feel so scorned and so motivated to get your money back, mm-hmm. and that's the worst feeling. And uh, this is a conversation I have with all my new clients, whether they're friends or coworkers or whoever. Is I tell them like, listen, it's just me running this thing. If you want to bail, you just got to let me know. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not gonna um charge a cancellation fee. Like, obviously if you don't like it, something didn't mesh up or just didn't go well. Right. But that's something that needs to be addressed up front. Mm-hmm. And, uh, if you're getting to a position where you're going to buy a program or something from a company that that's so far buried in like the tiny type on the 10th page of your contract with them, like that, that's a huge red flag in itself. Yeah. If you're going to deal with an a organization and not a, a person for, especially a, a personalized fitness thing, mm-hmm. you have, you should probably get your money stolen, but yep, you're, right. <laughs> you're in a bad spot. <laughs> yep. uh, but I think that's realistic. Like a lot of people that are going for these things don't have a really good grasp on what the fitness industry is. Mm-hmm. You know, if I told you that uh, to go change the brakes on your car was $12 and you had no idea, you'd be like, Oh, it's cool. And then some other guys like, no, it's a couple hundred dollars. You'd be like, you're ripping me off. This yeah. guy can do it for 12, right. you know? Yeah. And that's the constant play back and forth. We see on social media of like "This good looking person is doing this crazy stuff and mm-hmm. they can train you for 18 bucks a month. You know, why would they ever come to Kurt and Chris who charge 150 plus for the same that's, thing?
1: I mean, that's the conversation we had last week about that client here is that, you know, she's frustrated because yeah. she's not getting instant results. And then she's flashing us, you know, this lady on Instagram for $15 a, a month. And it's like,
0: go, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, yeah. like <laughs> try it. Yeah, there was another part in this. Uh, I think it was in that documentary I watched about basically, oh, no, it was a different one. But there's uh, there's names for everything, like every tactic or every thing you do, there's like a name for, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's a psychological thing or a like a model behavior thing. And there's a whole industry built on the fact of like the hustle. And if you didn't do well, or if you didn't accomplish something, or if something didn't go right, it was because you didn't work hard enough. Mm-hmm. And I think you kind of mentioned that before that. I think that's kind of the central idea that a lot of the mass marketed programs fall back on. Right. It's like, yeah, you say you followed the program, but did you really? Like, did you really well, try your hardest every day? And they'll,
1: they'll, um, put their disclaimer in of also, uh, you know, in conjunction with dot, 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 whether yeah. that's sleeping a well balanced diet or and stuff that you won't be able to prove to them, you yeah. know? So that, and that's what they'll always point to is like, well, if the program didn't work, there was something else that you were doing that wasn't supporting because the program works, you know?
0: Yeah. It was actually, so that was my example when I was talking about, um, I gave a nutrition talk to a department, I was saying, do you ever recognize how like the old infomercials for whatever total gym or or just gimmicky kind of torso tiger thing, you Mm -hmm. know, it always came with a meal plan on the side of it. Right. And they would always say like, if you use this in our dedicated meal plan, then you're going to see results. And then I would tell them like, even if you just threw that torso tiger across the room twice a day and ate generally close to that Mm -hmm. meal plan, that was free. Yeah, you would probably see results, probably. but now the torso tiger is the greatest thing that you ever bought for twelve ninety nine. Yeah, at one in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, it's, it plays such a monumental role in it that yeah, it's an easy part to be like, yeah, I see that you did my boot camp six days a week, but uh, oh, I saw on social media you went and had tequila with the girls on right. Saturday night. So yep. you're not living the the holistic lifestyle I told you will work for this. Mm-hmm. Ah, it's just so trashy, man. It's such a such a garbage, uh <laughs> garbage industry. <Yep. laughs> it's such a garbage industry, dude. <laughs> Um, so what would you like your, I don't feel like we need to justify anything we're doing for sure. Right. But no. what would you tell people like as the summer's coming, mm-hmm. snow, it's going to be 50 tomorrow as opposed to it's thirty be twenty-five
1: on Thursday though.
0: <laughs> is it really? <laughs> yeah, sure is. Um, I mean, do you have any advice for people as they look through, I know we gave stuff to watch out for, but maybe just a reassurance, you know?
1: Um, I mean, well, first I think you got to figure out what your what your goal is, you know, and like you and I, we aren't training people for aesthetics, you know, that's that's a tertiary benefit probably from like the training that we're looking to do. So like, I, I think you got to figure that out first because if your goal is to, you know, be a better sprinter, like doing a program that has no sprinting is. Not gonna not gonna move you in that direction. So you you have to do some investigation and some education on your front uh, or on your on your part of of figuring out what you want to do. Um, and and then just interview. You know, it should come off pretty pretty quickly as to who's in stuff for personalized stuff versus who's just selling a cookie cutter program. As soon as you peel like the first layer of the onion back, but um, you know, and and if you're looking for a program that's you just follow it then. You know, there's plenty of those out there, you know, and, and follow it. But if you want coaching, there's there's got to be an interview process in the beginning.
0: Yeah, I like that. I would, uh, uh, there's not too much to add on to that. I would just tell people, I suppose, that um, it comes back to what you said the first time was just figure out what you want. And uh, if you want coaching and if you want another person on the other side of your program, it's going to cost probably more than you're comfortable with. And that's purely a symptom of either coaches undercharging for so long in the space or, or you're just being so exposed to, to frauds that you believe that you should be able to get the moon for right. 50 bucks a month. So, you know, I, I guess it's kind of a challenge, too. Challenge yourself to kind of reevaluate re- the, the fitness space that you're looking at purchasing something from. And uh, if you're a coach, I guess it's a kind of a challenge to uh, don't be afraid to charge your worth because if there's anything that I've learned – in dealing with um, companies outside of the fire service or even cities in the fire service is that there's enough money out there Mm -hmm. for whatever you want to charge. Like there's people charging ridiculous amounts of money for stuff Mm -hmm. and they're, they're, they're being, they're selling stuff and people are saying yes to them. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't pigeonhole yourself into thinking that you live in a small town or you, you know, you just don't live in that area where you can charge. There's people in your area or like we're talking about the remote stuff. There's people willing to pay, for the quality stuff you're putting out. So, if you're a coach and you feel like you're undervaluing yourself, knock it off. And, uh, you know, I had to have the talk with myself when I raised my prices from 100 to 150 a month, mm-hmm. which Katie thinks I should be charging more because she sees how distracted I am by it all the time. All right. I think I will. It'll be a slow growth kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. If you guys need anything else, don't be free to reach out. Uh, everything's in the show notes and we'll talk to you soon and be a foreshifter.